here. Now, broadcasting from the underground command post, deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker, somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin. Hello, America. I'm Mark Levin. Our number, 877-381-3811, Man, you're hearing a lot of talk about a constitutional crisis from the media, from the liberals. Can you tell the difference between the media and the liberals and the Democrats? How are we sounding, by the way, Mr. Producer, okay? All right. Constitutional crisis. Now, I want you to think about something. On this program, I talk about the Constitution all the time. The power of the courts. Right now, far outside what the framers intended. They don't call that a constitutional crisis. The federal bureaucracy, two million strong. You won't find that in the Constitution, the entrenched federal bureaucracy. That's not a constitutional crisis. When you have... uh, Presidents like Obama creating his own laws like DACA, that's not a constitutional crisis. We have uh, Democrats insisting that we should eliminate the Electoral College. Now, why do we have the Electoral College? To make sure the small states are fairly represented. Otherwise, we never would have had a republic. They would never have joined these bigger states. There would never be a country. They say, so what? We have power. We want to get rid of it. When it comes to the Second Amendment, constantly it's under attack. They don't call that a constitutional crisis. The First Amendment. I'm not talking about freedom of press. I'm talking about religious liberty, the free exercise thereof. When that's under attack, Baker's under attack and so forth and so on. They don't call that a constitutional crisis, do they? The Tenth Amendment, the Federalism Amendment, which is dismissed completely by the Supreme Court, It's in the Constitution. They don't call that a constitutional crisis. The bastardization of the 14th Amendment to suggest that what was really intended there was that foreigners who bring uh, who come into this country and have babies in this country and are here illegally, that they're now automatically American citizens. They don't call that a constitutional crisis. We have sanctuary cities nullifying federal law. And the Supremacy Clause of the Constitution. They don't call that a constitutional crisis. We have a House of Representatives that intends to to delve into the personal business affairs and tax returns and financial matters of the President of the United States for which Congress has no oversight authority whatsoever. None. They don't call that a constitutional crisis. But now we have a real constitutional crisis, ladies and gentlemen, because the president of the United States following the Vacancy Act, a real federal law, has decided to temporarily appoint Matt Whitaker, a former United States attorney, former chief of staff to Jeff Sessions, for no more than 210 days as the acting attorney general. Now you see we have a constitutional crisis. Now they tell us the statute's unconstitutional. Obama imposing DACA, creating a law in the Oval Office. We have an Obama 
Ninth Circuit, a Clinton Ninth Circuit, a left-wing Ninth Circuit that says, oh, the president of the United States can't get rid of DACA. You see, Obama can create it, but his successor can't get rid of it. Anybody follow that? Of course not. We have an Obama judge in Montana, of all places, who rules that the Keystone Pipeline cannot be built. 40 to 50,000 jobs will not be created because the State Department didn't do a sufficient or adequate job of taking into consideration climate change. They have now legalized and constitutionalized their wacko ideology. That's not a constitutional crisis. Now, let me walk through this clearly so even Lawrence Tribe, a professor of law at Harvard, can comprehend this. Let me walk through this very, very slowly so a moron like Joe Scarborough can try to digest it and follow the bouncing ball. The president of the United States is the executive branch. Everybody below him is inferior. The only issue is whether we're talking about a principal officer or an inferior officer under Morrison v. Olson, a 1983, uh, 1988 decision by the Supreme Court, where Morrison, the independent counsel, her constitutionality was challenged by Ted Olson, who was under investigation, and wrongly so. The court stupidly decided that the independent counsel is constitutional, And they gave a number of reasons for it, various elements that have to be met. And among other things, the independent counsel, they said, well, they're not really independent. They have they have to report to somebody. There's a special court that's set up a a special division for the independent counsel act that was set up and so forth and so on. Now, if the independent counsel truly were independent. Well, then that would be a problem. Now, why does that matter? Because there's another part of the Constitution, and I've talked about it myself repeatedly, called the Appointments Clause. And what that means is, if you're going to appoint somebody who is in a very senior position, if you're going to appoint somebody in a very senior position, the President must nominate them and the Senate must decide whether or not it's going to confirm the person. So I've said over and over again, as has Professor Calabrese, well then that's Robert Mueller. Robert Mueller is the most powerful prosecutor in the United States. He's the most powerful prosecutor in the United States. It's not enough that he reports, theoretically anyway, to the Deputy Attorney General of the United States. That's not enough. The U.S. Attorney in every district, all 91, actually 93, They all report to the Deputy Attorney General of the United States, but they all have to be nominated and confirmed. The special counsel, Mr. Mueller, is at least theoretically investigating the President of the United States. So how is it that he's an inferior officer like an assistant U.S. attorney, and he didn't have to be nominated and confirmed by the Senate? It's a position I've taken and been arguing for quite some time. Now we hear the news tells us today as they regurgitate the Democrat talking points, now we hear Mr. Whitaker must be nominated by the president so the Senate has a chance to confirm or not confirm. Now, what's the difference, ladies and gentlemen? What's the difference between Mueller and Whitaker? Anybody know? 
Whitaker is a temporary appointee. The president can change his mind and send his name to the United States Senate for confirmation, but he's a temporary employee. And under the Vacancy Act, the president is following the rules. He's got good lawyers. This is what he told him to do, and that's what he's doing. Mr. Mueller has no tenure. He goes on and on and on. He's a very, very powerful man. He's more powerful than any United States attorney. And yet, he's not nominated. He's not subject to confirmation, and yet he should be. And yet he should be. Now, there's also practical reasons why the Vacancy Act was passed in the first place. You see how the Democrats slow walk the nominees, right? But the government must go on. They slow walk the nominees, but the government must go on. So the president needs an attorney general, temporary or otherwise. He needs a secretary of agriculture, temporary or otherwise. Then we hear arguments that, well, he has to follow the rules of succession. What does that mean? Well, then he has to appoint the deputy attorney general Rosenstein as the acting attorney general. Where's that written? Well, that's what the Constitution compels. Show me. These departments aren't even in the Constitution. These officers aren't even in the Constitution. How does the Constitution compel it? It doesn't. It doesn't. Mr. Whitaker is a acting attorney general with a temporary appointment under federal law. Mr. Mueller can go on and on and on. Now, how do I know Mr. Mueller can go on and on? Anybody know? Because every single Democrat and half the Republicans and the entire media have told us the president of the United States cannot fire Mr. Mueller or he'll be impeached. So Mr. Mueller, in some ways, is more powerful than the president of the United States. Even though the president of the United States is the head of the executive branch, he's not permitted to fire Mr. Mueller. Now, how can that be? Because they'll impeach him. And they want to pass a statute to protect him. All the mental midgets now in the majority of the House, the leadership of the mental midgets in the House of Representatives. You know what? We're going to attach to a crucial spending bill the protection of Mr. Mueller. Have they passed any such thing for a United States attorney? No. Have they passed any such thing for any other single employee of the executive branch? No. No. And yet Mr. Mueller, they tell us, he's not a principal officer under Morrison v. Olson. No, no, no. He's just like an assistant U.S. attorney. No big deal. I mean, he reports to Rosenstein. And here's the other kicker. Congress has no power to do that. Why, Mark? It's called separation of powers. Congress cannot prevent the President of the United States from removing one of his employees any more than the President of the United States can prevent Congress from removing one of its staffers. The President is in charge of the executive branch. They can't tell him that he cannot remove a special counsel when in fact he can under our Constitution and the separation of powers doctrine. 
Now, everything I just discussed with you took, what, 10 minutes? You've heard none of it in the media. None of it. Because two reasons, two possibilities. One, they are just damn stupid. The other, they're just damn liberals. Actually, there's a third. They just hate the president. Now, what Congress is considering doing, that would create a constitutional crisis. Now, they call this a broken glass moment. Haven't they keep saying this, Mr. Producer? It's broken glass or something? I want to tell you something. This is the 80th anniversary of Kristallnacht. Broken glass. When the Nazis rose up, and started dragging Jews out of their businesses, out of their apartments, out of their homes, out of their cars, beating them, killing them, breaking glass. Do you realize how outrageous it is that Richard Blumenthal and that other Democrats and people in the media keep calling this a broken glass moment? Do you understand why they're doing that? That once again... They're comparing this wittingly or unwittingly, but mostly wittingly, to Kristallnacht and the Third Reich and Hitler. Do you understand that? Then they say it's a slow-walking Saturday night massacre. Do you know why they say that? Because it's not a Saturday night massacre. Because the President of the United States did not order Mr. Whitaker or anybody else to fire Mr. Mueller. Because Mr. Mueller is the all-powerful special counsel who's just like an assistant U.S. attorney. No, no, no. He's the all-powerful special counsel. president hasn't taken one penny from Mr. Mueller or from the FBI in its pathetic, outrageous investigation that was launched in violation of the Department of Justice regulations where there was no criminal pretext or basis for the appointment of the special counsel in the first place. And notice the same Democrats and media who are saying Mr. Whitaker has a conflict of interest because he wrote an op-ed and he was on CNN. Notice, when it comes to Mr. Rosenstein, who recommended to the Attorney General, who then recommended to the President of the United States that he fired James Comey. And among the things that we're told Mueller's investigating is obstruction of justice when the president fired James Comey. As pathetic as that is. Among other things, it was Mr. Rosenstein who recommended it. Mr. Rosenstein is not merely a witness, as I keep hearing on cable TV. He should be a subject of this investigation. He should be a subject of this investigation. Why didn't he recuse himself? Mr. Nadler, Mr. Schiff, Mr. Swindle, or whatever the hell your name is. What about you, morning schmo? How about fake tapper? How about Don Lemonade? Or Lemon, whatever, Lemon. How about all of these guys? How come they don't bring it up? They're too busy talking about a broken glass moment. A broken glass moment like this is Kristallnacht. 
these leftists in the media and in the Democrat Party who keep making comparisons to Hitler and the Nazis and now Kristallnacht, these people are bigots. They are bigots. I'll be right back. Mark Lovin. Exactly 80 years ago tonight, Kristallnacht took place, also known as the Night of Broken Glass, where the Nazis took to the streets. It was a pogrom against the Jews throughout Nazi Germany, carried out by the SA paramilitary forces. The SA paramilitary forces. Mr. Bloomberg, who claims to be Jewish, he also claimed to be a combat veteran in Vietnam, a Blumenthal, I guess his name is, Richard Blumenthal of Connecticut, has said this is a broken glass moment. It is a break the glass moment. See, he knows. He's actually comparing what took place with Jeff Sessions to the Nazis killing dragging Jews out of their homes and beating them up to what the president did. This is a sick time in our history. If you have a moment, I want you all to go to BrickHouseLevin.com. Just go there and click on the Buy Now button so you can read the reviews. Over 1,200 five-star reviews, I might add. But this one caught my attention from Steve in Denver. I'm upset with Mark because he's got me hooked on Field of Greens. What a great product. Thank you, BrickHouse, for your amazing product and great customer service. I'm a monthly subscriber, and I won't live without it. And you're welcome, Steve. And subscribing is smart. You save money that way. Field of Greens is made with real USDA organic fruits and vegetables and helps boost your immunity using antioxidants, prebiotics, and probiotics. Plus, they offer a 100% satisfaction guarantee or your money back. Go to BrickHouseLevin.com or call 833-RING-BHN. Get 15% off your first order with promo code LEVIN. That's BrickHouseLevin.com or call 833-RING-BHN, promo code LEVIN. Liberty's Voice, Mark Levin. Talk with that voice now. 877-381-3811. All day long, the Democrats have been calling this the broken glass moment. The broken glass moment. Richard Blumenthal of Connecticut, among others, the media have repeated, is this the broken glass moment? The broken glass moment. I thought to myself, how sick is this? And I bet the vast majority of the American people don't even know what they're talking about. I'll bet they don't. They're comparing a minor personnel move from a historic perspective. It's nothing. It's nothing. It's Zippo. Well, we're in a constitutional crisis. Every time the left controls anything, we're in a constitutional crisis because they despise the Constitution. All of it. That's why they're progressives. Progressives despise the Constitution. Their intellectuals despise the Constitution. They think it's too confining. They've written about this for 100 years. 
And that's why they fight over the Supreme Court nominations, because they want progressives on the court, meaning anti-constitutionalists. If you are nominated to the Supreme Court and you say, look, I'm an originalist. Oh, look at that. What do you favor, slavery? Uh, you favor putting immigrants in cages? You favor back alley abortions? Yeah, what, 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 what is it with you in the uh, Constitution? We like precedent. Except when we don't like precedent. They're really a superficial bunch. They're just power hungry. But they go on and on about this broken glass moment. Like, what the hell's going on here? 80 years ago, Kristallnacht, also referred to as the Night of Broken Glass. You didn't hear any of this in the media today because the media are regurgitating what the Democrats say. Why? Because survey after survey tells us the media are populated with Democrats and liberals. On the night of November 9, 1938, 80 years ago, from the Holocaust Encyclopedia, violence against Jews broke out across the Reich. And let me tell you something, all the talk on the left, when our president, the most pro-Israel, pro-Jewish, and I might say pro-American president, but the most pro-Israel, pro-Jewish president ever, quite frankly, When that slaughter happened in Pittsburgh, Andrea Mitchell and Allison Camerata and so many others. Where, do you think his tone anything to do with it? you think uh, this and anything? Now, the guy's a Jew hater and a Trump hater, right? The mass murder. Didn't matter. But who? Who is talking like white supremacists today? Who is talking like neo-Nazis today? When you take such an event as Kristallnacht and you dumb it down the way these leftists do, the way the media do, the way the Democrats do, or like Joe Scarborough, constant references to Hitler when he's talking about the president. He's, he's an ignoramus, Scarborough, low IQ. But when they keep in the body politic in the media, in the culture. Oh, Trump's like Hitler. His supporters are like Nazis. And this is the broken glass moment. You rewrite history. For many young people who don't know anything about this because they're not taught about it in public school. They never hear about it. It's, oh, okay, Hitler's like Trump. Oh, okay, the, the Republicans are like Nazis. It's like the question the other day from the PBS reporter, so-called do you think the Republican Party is uh, more and more like uh, white nationalists? I mean, where are these questions coming from? They're coming from leftists dressed up as journalists. And that's why they keep talking about the night that, that this is a broken glass moment. Kristallnacht is also referred to as the night of broken glass. So on the night of November 9, 1938, 80 years ago, this moment... Violence against Jews broke out across the Third Reich. It appeared to be unplanned, set off by Germans, anger over assassination of a German official in Paris at the hands of a Jewish teenager. But in fact, German propaganda minister Joseph Goebbels, pay attention, free media, 
and other Nazis carefully organized the pogroms. In two days, over 250 synagogues were burned. Over 7,000 Jewish businesses were trashed and looted. Dozens of Jews were killed. And Jewish cemeteries, hospitals, schools, and homes were looted. While police and fire brigades stood by. The pogroms became known as Kristallnacht, the night of broken glass. For the shattered glass from the store windows that littered the streets. The morning after the pogroms, 30,000 German Jewish men were arrested for the crime of being Jewish, sent to concentration camps. This was the beginning, where hundreds of them perished. Some Jewish women were also arrested and sent to local jails. Businesses owned by Jews were not allowed to reopen unless they were managed by non-Jews. Curfews were placed on Jews, limiting the hours of the day they could leave their homes. And after the night of broken glass, life was even more difficult for German and Austrian Jewish children and teenagers. Already barred from entering museums, public playgrounds, and swimming pools, now they were expelled from public schools. Jewish youngsters, like their parents, were totally segregated in Germany. In despair, many Jewish adults committed suicide. Many families tried desperately to get out of Germany and Austria. And they dare to compare the president's appointment of a temporary attorney general to Kristallnacht? The night of broken glass. This is our broken glass moment, ladies and gentlemen. Don't you know? The president is Hitler. You're Nazis. This is the Third Reich. You're white supremacists. You're racist. Don't you know? This is Kristallnacht. The night of the broken glass. These people are sick. Then they talk about the tone, Mr. President. Don't you think you have some responsibility for the negative tone in this country? You know, what institution is dragging down this country? The media. Do the media inform the American people anymore? I mean, 10, 20%, yeah. But on the whole, is that their objective? Do the media inform the American people? Are the media really concerned about the power of government? Are they concerned with the fact that Donald Trump was elected president? If the media were really concerned about the power of government, why are so many of them progressives? Why are so many of them Democrats? The Democrat Party is all about the power of government. Progressivism is all about the power of centralized government. We're a relative handful of people, control an army of bureaucrats, and compel the nation, compel the nation to conform to their ideology. Is that a free press? No. They like to call Fox state media, state-run media. This is what the left does all the time, just like this. President of the United States makes what is historically a relatively minor employment decision. Really minor, quite frankly. And it's Kristallnacht. And he's Hitler. And they claim to be the free press. No, they're the press. But they're not the free press. There's press everywhere. You know, Larry King said the other day that Russia TV, for which he works, so we understand that. He says Russia TV does more news than CNN. 
CNN is the Trump network. It's really the anti-Trump network. Russia TV, he said. Now, I've never agreed with Larry King on anything except that. I agree with him there. Now, Blumenthal, to show you what a a truly sick man this is, Blumenthal, to show you what a truly sick man this is, this senator from Connecticut, where everything Trump does is, uh, is the end of the world because he's such a hack partisan, he can't control himself. He was aware of what he was saying when he said, this is our broken glass moment. Let me show you how sick this man is. Blumenthal's father fled Nazi Germany when he was 17 for the United States. Warned that a climate of bigotry similar to the one that delivered Nazi genocide is now swirling in the underbelly of the United States. This is from the Hartford Current article, January 2018. Richard Blumenthal, you're a disgrace. You are, you are a, a, a just unbelievable fool to make comments like that. It's absolutely, absolutely appalling. What they're really upset about, ladies and gentlemen, is they lost the 2016 election fair and square. And what they're really upset about is they lost the 2000 election fair and square. So now they want to get rid of the Electoral College. And look what's going on in Florida. They don't accept election results. And even when they lose, they win. Because they control this massive bureaucracy that they created. And for the most part, they control the courts. So the unelected parts of government, one that's not even in the Constitution, the other that acts absolutely extra-constitutionally, particularly with activists dressed up as judges, doesn't matter who wins the election. They decide... DACA cannot be replaced, even though it was unconstitutionally created. No, Mr. President, you can't have the Keystone XL pipeline because I've decided as a single federal judge that, you know, you didn't take uh, climate change into consideration enough. Any excuse. And then they dress it up as a judicial decision. They're the totalitarians. They're the tyrants, not us. We want government out of your face. We believe in individual liberty. We believe in the founding principles. And we're not going to allow those who embrace the ideology of Marx and Engels and Hegel and Rousseau, three or four of whom come out of the German ideology, we're not going to let them paint us like they choose to. And we're not going to allow the party of slavery and segregation and Jim Crow to claim that we, the people of liberty, who believe in a colorblind society, are somehow racist because we don't embrace their ideology. That just ain't going to happen. You know, the good, the true, the beautiful. How can one begin to understand these high and noble ideals? It starts with the right kind of education. And that's tough to find these days. But I know one college that provides a comprehensive education of the very best kind. An education in the philosophical, political, theological, scientific, and literary heritage of the West. Hillsdale College. 
every student, regardless of their major, spends half their time on the same liberal arts core curriculum studying science, religion, history, mathematics, philosophy, literature, and the Constitution. Do they do that at Harvard? Do they do that at Yale? Do they do that at Columbia? I don't think so. At Hillsdale, all students learn about our great Western and American heritage. The result? Hillsdale alumni are leaders with intelligence and character, making a difference in their families, communities, and country. But it all starts with a core curriculum that develops moral and intellectual virtue, the core that helps them understand the good, the true, and the beautiful. This is the Hillsdale core curriculum. This is learning for the long run. Discover what education is meant to be. LevinforHillsdale.com, LevinforHillsdale.com. And I might remind you that it was the ambassador to the court of St. James, Britain, during the presidency of Franklin Delano Roosevelt, who was communicating with Hitler behind the scenes, Joe Kennedy Sr. Even FDR had to yank his ticket and bring him back to be chairman of the SEC. And I might remind you, it was the New York Times. The New York Times. That censored reporting coming out of the Holocaust and the Third Reich. The paper of record. Right, Maggie Haberman? The paper of record. I'll be right back. Mark Lovin. this wrong what the liberals and the media mean is breaking glass like a fire alarm no they don't no they don't too many references to nazis and the third reich no no no. not on the anniversary chris no 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 breaking glass is like a fire alarm no it's not a fire alarm it's in the same genre that they've been using now i just read to you What Blumenthal said in January 2018. Didn't I just read that, Mr. Producer? Blumenthal. He's the guy leading the charge on this broken glass. Blumenthal's father fled Nazi Germany when he was 17 for the United States, warned that a climate of bigotry similar to the one that developed, excuse me, that delivered Nazi genocide is now swirling in the underbelly of the United States. January 2018, Hartford Current. No, he means a fire alarm, Mark. Now, don't call me with stupidity. Call somebody else. I know exactly what they mean. They keep comparing this president to Hitler. They keep comparing us to Nazis and racists and white supremacists. I know exactly what they mean. Everybody better wake up to this. This is no joke. He means a fire alarm. No, he doesn't. Although you're giving him an idea, a way to try and slip out of it. Don't let him slip out of it. I'm not going to let him slip out of it. You know, it's this saggy jawline, ladies and gentlemen. It's this jawline and the double chin that gives your age away. But not anymore. Introducing the brand new Genesel chin and neck treatment with dual peptide and MDL technology. Chamonix's most advanced technology ever. It not only tightens saggy jawlines, but it plumps the lipophilic layers of your skin to contour and define the jawline within minutes. Using peptides and metal lactones together... 
For the first time, it works amazingly quickly, and the results get better every day. Nothing else works like the new Genesel chin and neck treatment to sculpt the chin and smooth out that annoying turkey neck. And here's the best news. It's yours free when you order Genesel for under-eye bags and puffiness. And for results in 12 hours, Genesel's immediate effects is also free. Call 800-SKIN-604, 800-SKIN-604, or go to Genesel.com right away. Imagine that double chin disappearing in about a week with Genesel's chin and neck treatment. Now stop imagining. Call or click now. 800-SKIN-604 or Genesel.com. 800-SKIN-604 or Genesel.com. The media today is betraying the American people. The media today is on a jihad. May I say that? They say that about us all the time. Oh, yes, I think I may. Free speech. That's in there, too. And everybody knows it, including those participating in it. And these so-called media professional organizations have no intention of informing its members that they need to clean up their act and conduct themselves in a professional manner. You can ask a president questions relatively aggressively. You can ask a president pointed questions. It's Oh, oh there's one president you couldn't. Barack Milhouse, Benito Obama. You ask him one question, he filibusters for 20 minutes. And you better not interrupt them. And if you do interrupt them, the other reporters will attack you. I'll be back. With a daily fake news dump pouring through your TV, mobile phones and computers, you may have missed some real news like the recent study in the journal Cell Metabolism. Scientists suspected a correlation between growing rates of obesity and processed foods, but what this study discovered was that these foods also appear to lead people to overeat. Here's the bottom line. You need fresh fruits and vegetables in your diet, which is why I recommend that you start taking Field of Greens by Brickhouse Nutrition. Just one scoop of Field of Greens has a full serving of real USDA-certified organic fruits and vegetables. It helps boost your immunity using antioxidants, prebiotics, and probiotics. This is real food, not some fake supplement lab powder. Just read the nutrition facts panel on the side. Go to BrickHouseLevin.com, that's BrickHouseLevin.com, and you'll get 15% off your first order with the offer code LEVIN. You know you're not going to start cooking fresh fruits and vegetables, so let's not pretend. Just get one full cup of fruits and one full cup of vegetables every day with Field of Greens. Go to BrickHouseLevin.com, BrickHouseLevin.com, offer code LEVIN. He's here. He's here. Now, broadcasting from the underground command post, deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker, somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin. Hello, everybody. Mark Levin here. Our number, 877-381-3811, 877-381-3811. There's a lot of shenanigans going on in Florida. And the man who was the first to call it out and is deeply concerned about it is Senator Marco Rubio. Senator Rubio, how are you, sir? Well, I am. I'm doing well, and I'm blessed. But I'm concerned about what's happening down here with uh, Broward County and partially Palm Beach as well. Tell us the latest. 
Well, let, let's just start with the basics. The basics are that in Florida, our early vote, the law requires early votes, which ended on Sunday, to be uh, down, you know, tabulated, downloaded to your system, and then uploaded to the state at seven, before 7.30 p.m. on Tuesday night. That did not happen in Palm Beach County. It did not happen in uh, Broward County. And it uh, eventually happened in Palm Beach County a couple, about a day and a half later, but it has still not been fully completed with, with uh, Broward County. Now, adding fuel to that fire, not only has it not sent it, they have not, they have refused to tell anyone exactly how many additional ballots they have received or are counting. So we have no, and, and that's a public record law, you know, not, and here's the second point. It is true that in every election cycle, you know, there are still votes for another few days because you have ballots come in from overseas, military and the like. You're supposed to report that every 45 minutes. Palm Beach County has not reported. They're still sitting on an untold number of absentee ballots, mail ballots. We don't know how many haven't been reported to the state yet. And they are also, uh, and then Broward County, who still has early votes, and they have not reported since 30, 7.30 last night and have only been reporting once or twice a day. Palm Beach hasn't reported at all since 10.30 in the morning on Tuesday, on Wednesday. So they're not complying with the law. Governor took them to court. The court found that Broward County's uh, supervisor has violated the Constitution, violated Florida law, and issued a court order that she make all this public by 7 p.m. tonight. And I'm just uh, obviously awaiting you here to see what the what the governor has been able to get in terms of just understanding what we're dealing with. It's amazing, isn't it, Senator? You have a lot of counties in Florida. It's a big state. It's got a big population. And it always comes down to this handful of Democrat counties, doesn't it? How does that happen? Well, in fairness, let's look at that. That's one of the problems that I have, right? So Miami-Dade County had more votes, had more uh, ballots cast. Um, it is voted Democrat. It always does. 61% uh, for Senator Nelson, 60-something percent for Gillen. They got their work done. I mean, I'm not happy about the result. I wish we would have won it, but, you know, they got their work done. So Broward County's excuses, oh, we're really big. We have a lot of voters. You're, you're going to have more voters than Miami-Dade. And then I look at Bay County, okay, where Panama City is. They got hit by a Category 4 hurricane four weeks ago, a little bit over four weeks. They, they had no power for at least two and a half weeks in some cases. They had 52% turnout, and they were able to turn around their election. Now, yeah, is it smaller? Sure. But they also have less personnel. So it's just not excusable. And, and this is not new, Mark. I mean, uh, this, uh, this is a, a woman who runs this department who has been caught destroying ballots, there was a recount in the Wasserman Schultz race two years ago when the court finally ordered her to produce the ballots. They found out she had destroyed them. She had destroyed them. That she, they were opening absentee ballots early. And, and, and in Palm Beach, a very partisan person, I served with her in the legislature, Susan Booker, is the, the election uh, chief. In the governor's court case today, he has a sworn statement from an individual under penalty of perjury saying that they witnessed um, ballots being replaced. If there's a damaged ballot, the law allows you to replace it by making a duplicate ballot. But you have to do that in the presence of witnesses, representatives from the campaign. They did not allow representatives, at least from Scott's campaign, to watch them making the new ballots. So that is a big warning sign. There's going to be a lot to work through here. Why don't people ever go to jail over this stuff, or do they? Well, they, they, if there's been fraud committed, they absolutely should. Um, and, and again, look, our fundamental challenge right now is just finding out what we're dealing with because one of the most important things an election supervisor has to know is how many ballots do you have in your possession maybe not counted yet but how many do you have how many have been cast and are in your possession they need to know that regularly every day that's one of the most important things they do their inability or unwillingness to tell us sounds the alarm bell 
Because why would you not tell me if you have 10, 20, 30, 40,000 ballots? You get suspicious about it. So I just think now one of the keys for the last 48 hours is we want people to be paying attention to all this. I think the more people are paying attention, the less likely it's going to be that we have anything improper happen that could impact the outcome. In the end, the outcome is what it is. There's going to be an automatic recount. But we are dealing in Broward County with an election supervisor of a history of violating the law in ways that have impacted elections results in the past. And there's two things I notice uh, people are doing to you. They're attacking you as a conspiracy theorist. And then the fact that you can't actually get physical access to what's going on, they say, hey, can you prove it? Well, look, you can't pr- if a house is on fire, you can say the house is on fire, but you can't prove everything that took place in the house. I mean, well, I it, it, you're this. supposed to prove the negative. Yeah, no, but this is not I can actually I can prove this. And here's the proof uh, at the we can if you ask the Department of Elections, of Broward County, how many ballots have been cast in Broward County? They cannot tell you. They will tell you these are how many ballots we have reported. They will not and cannot tell you how many ballots they have received and have been cast. So there's the proof right there. That's a violation mm-hmm. of law right there. I can prove that they're not reporting every 45 minutes as required by law by simply sending you a screenshot of their own webpage. I can prove that there's a court order against them for having destroyed uh, ballots in the past. I can prove that in the past uh, they have opened absentee ballots or mail ballots before the prescribed time by law. So all these things are provable. They're absolutely provable. Mm-hmm. Um, there's no dispute about any of that. Can I prove that someone went in and stole a ballot and changed the results and and, and in favor of the Democrats, no, no one's alleging that right now. What we want to know is what's going on here, because it is it is highly suspicious, at, at the least, to, to be able to produce 50,000, 60,000 additional ballots since the end of the election cycle, and nobody, and, and you not have told anybody, you know, they had told everybody on Monday night, we got 60,000 more ballots to count. They never did it. Every day it's just a rolling tally, but a, a refusal to tell us how many. All that is provable. And those who are overlooking it, um, frankly, have shown that what they care more about winning elections than the integrity of our democracy. Well, this raises the question, if this is all provable, and it is, does the state have the authority to take over the the uh, election supervisory role in a county like Broward County? I don't know the answer to that, because she's an elected supervisor. I know the state has the authority to suspend her from office for, for incompetence, which happened with the previous uh, election supervisor in 2003 when Jeb Bush was governor whether the state can step in and actually take over the function of counting and how it's operated. I don't, I honestly don't know the answer to that. I mean, I, uh, I'm, there is an answer. I'm just not, you know, that, that's not right. a field that, that I know the answer to. But um, I think the most important task we have at hand now is to make sure that they finish their work. There's going to be a recount. No one here is arguing against the recount. It's, they feed the papers right back into the machine. That's not going to change the outcome of this race. Uh, uh, that, that's not the issue here. The issue here is, how many more ballots? Are we going to wake up on Saturday morning to find out there was another 15,000 ballots that nobody knew about because you're undermining the credibility of the election in the eyes of the public? And, frankly, given the history of this department, now there's legitimate reason to be concerned that something, that some wrongdoing took place, given what they've done in the past. Let me just circle back, and then I'll, I'll let you go. On this point, you said Scott went to court, and he recently won in the last few minutes, last hour, a court decision. What was that again? Correct. So he went to court and said, by law, you have to tell us, you have to tell everybody that asks, how many ballots do you have? How many ballots have you received? How many votes have been cast in Broward County? She has to know the answer to that. And uh, that's one of the most important things she has an answer to. And she would refuse to give it to him. She, she, they just ignored him. So he went to court 
The court took like 15 minutes of testimony and issued an order. The court found you are in violation of the Constitution, you're in violation of state law, and you will produce by 7 p.m. Eastern time, you will produce the uh, access to the tallies on how many ballots you have received, how many ballots have you counted, and how many ballots remain to be counted. Uh, the law requires you to produce that. And uh, she's under court order to do it. We'll find out here in the next few minutes whether she's actually done it. All right, Senator Rubio, we appreciate you really hammering this because I know it's crucial to Floridians, but it's also crucial to the United, you know, all the people in the United States. It's a big deal in the Senate. All right. God bless. Take care. Thank you. All right. Well, there you have it. It is a big deal. We're going to keep an eye on that uh, decision now and see what happens. Now, the morning schmo... And a miss, soon to be Mrs. Schmo. She's been soon to be Mrs. Schmo for years, by the way. Nobody's fooled by those two clowns. And uh, the fact is, they were accusing Ruby, among others, of being a conspiracy theorist. And that's why I asked those questions about, can you prove this or that? And you saw him go right down that list brilliantly. And I'm sure that will be reported on the morning Schmo, so there are seven viewers can see it. We'll be right back. Mark Lovin. All right, let's take a few calls. See, it's Friday. A lot of guys put their foot on the on the brake and kick their feet up. I don't do that. My foot's always on the gas pedal. Always. Roy, Orlando, Florida, the great WSKY country. Boy, are you hearing us on WSKY, really? WSKY, and I'm in the villages, Florida. Wow. Thank it's you. How are you? It's an honor to talk to you, Mark, and I want to Thank give you. you my blessings for your dad. Thank you, you very much. You man. know what? You know what? You're a retired cop, right? Yeah. I'm going to give you a copy of his book, and I should be doing this to cops. So don't hang up after your call, okay? Okay. Go Thank right you, ahead. Mark. Thank you. I, I, I'm working 10-hour shifts now, um, and I enjoy coming home later at night because I get to listen to you. I Thank faithfully you. listened to you when I was in New York. Today at work, what really got to me was a guy had this sign on his desk, Protect Mueller, Save Our Country. I mean, what the hell what is an it going to take for these people to wake up? No, no, no. Mueller is a is a is is a imaginary figure to them. That's their hope to try and take Trump out. Right. right? There's no respect for our president. You know what I have on my desk? Here's my sign on my desk. You want me to read it to you? Go ahead. The duty of a patriot is to protect his country from its government. What do you think about that one? And that's from a, coming from the Constitution that knows what he's doing. The whole Constitution. They create a government, and then they protect us from the government. That's the whole point. You've, you, they, they created a government, really, to, um, to protect the civil society. And what's happening is the government under progressivism is devouring the civil society. Anyway, listen, I mean, don't hang up. I, I, want, I want to give you a copy of my dad's book. I appreciate it. I am uh, broadcasting... From Florida today, I'm down here to see my mother this weekend, and I have to be honest with you, it's very tough. Um, 
I'm always honest with you. I wear my emotions on my sleeve with you. And uh, my father, from time to time, he would give me some of his artwork. And from where I broadcast, it's on the walls. <laughs> and during the break, I get up <clears throat> and I take good close look at it. And he had a wide variety of, of interests and techniques in what he did. I've got his book, Our Police, right on my desk. Um, and, uh, it's just a tough night. Let me put it to you that way. Anyway, let us go to Aaron, New York, New York, the great WABC go. Uh, thanks for taking my call, Mark. It's an honor to speak with you. You're a great American and, uh, and, and, uh, an inspiring conservative intellectual. And I'm a perspiring, uh, conservative intellectual. Thank you, sir. (laughs) Um, I wanted to add to your comment about uh, Kristallnacht and the comparisons to Hitler. It's something that I've been saying since uh, that's been bubbling around the media. It's that it's an insult to the six million Jews that were uh, Mm -hmm. systematically enslaved and murdered at the hands of the Nazis. It's an insult to their memory. It's an insult to their families and the survivors and uh, their, their children and um, it, 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 and it, it's great that you're calling them out on their bigotry for, you know, comparing what's going on now to what happened back then. Well, I want to thank you because I am disgusted. I hold these people in contempt. They turn these things into political talking points to try and score points, rhetorical points. And they are bigots. They truly are bigots to dismiss what took place in Germany to dismiss the Holocaust, as the New York Times essentially did, for the media to continue to cover that up and treat that as the paper of record, to continue to cite the New York Times, for reporters to want to work for that lousy, good-for-nothing institution, and then tell us they stand for freedom of the press. They stand for themselves, the press. They do not stand for the concept of freedom of the press. They hate us. They hate at least half the country. They call us names. They talk down to us. It's not freedom of the press. That's a lousy, rotten, good-for-nothing press. That's what that is. And to continue, as you point out, to continue to besmirch the people who suffered and died during the Holocaust under the Third Reich by treating what took place over there like superficial political talking points, laugh lines, laugh lines is nothing short of bigotry. That's exactly what it is. I'm going to keep calling them out, whether they like it or not. What do you think of that? I think that's a great idea. Keep up the good work and saying the good word. All right, thank you, sir. Which means they will do everything they can to destroy me. They will do everything they can to destroy me. And here's what my family knows about me. I say what I believe And I believe things I've really thought about. That I've really thought about. You're not listening to somebody who just looks at a website or somebody gives them a talking point. No. I give these things a lot of thought. And I embrace them. And I revere them. And I'm going to go down fighting. Some people go down physically, literally fighting. Our military, our cops at times, and so forth, in this profession. If that's the way it is, then that's the way it is. 
but I'm not going to be a, a Pollyanna about this stuff. I do more on this program to defend the Constitution and all the Bill of Rights and all aspects of the Constitution, including freedom of the press, than any one of these leftists on CNN or MSNBC. Tell me, what has Jake Tapper done for freedom of the press? What has Jim Acosta done for freedom of the press? They have betrayed freedom of the press. They've betrayed the purpose. They defend Jim Acosta. Jim Acosta is doing nothing but hijacking a presidential press conference. And by doing that, he's not punishing the president. He's punishing we the people. The press are supposed to be in that room to ask serious questions, to get serious information for we the people. For we the people. They say, we're not the enemy of the people. Then why do you hate us so much? On your very networks, you have guests and commentators who call us racists. When we're not. I had Shelby Steele on my program on Fox a few months back, as you know. An African-American, a brilliant, brilliant man. And he's written about this topic many times in many places. And he says the left used racism to shut down debate. And to claim a higher moral authority for their political views. And that if you don't agree with them, in fact, if you disagree with them, then there's something wrong with you. And we see it play out time and time again in the press. That's not freedom of press. That's the press. And it's lousy. I'll be right back. Do you wake up in the morning feeling sluggish and have to drag yourself through your day? Do you feel bloated, tired, and out of shape? Eating healthy is a habit, but most of us don't really know exactly what we should be eating, right? How much we should be eating and how to properly prepare it. This is why I drink Field of Greens every morning before I start my day. Just one scoop of Field of Greens has a full serving of real USDA-certified organic fruits and vegetables. Helps boost your immunity using antioxidants, prebiotics, and probiotics. Now this is real food, not some fake supplement lab powder. Just read the nutrition facts panel on the side. Go to BrickHouseLevin.com and get 15% off your first order with the offer code LEVIN. Now you know you're not going to start cooking fresh fruits and vegetables, so let's not pretend. Just get one full cup of fruits and one full cup of vegetables every day with Field of Greens. Go to BrickHouseLevin.com, BrickHouseLevin.com, offer code Levin. This is the nation's town hall meeting, and you can join in at 877-381-3811. What am I doing, Mr. Producer? Remind me here. Oh, yeah. We love AMAC here. By the way, in the third hour... There's a new scandal, a new crisis being leaked by the prosecutor's office, the U.S. attorney's office in the Southern District of New York, filled with a bunch of Democrat hacks, I'm afraid. Oh, yes. When, uh, when the president paid hush money to two women, and he was intimately involved in paying the hush money, and not only that, in at least one case, he used the National Enquirer. He committed federal election crimes. Now, how many more times do I have to explain that this is bogus? 
Bogus, 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 bogus. Now, I will explain it again in hour three. And, uh, of course, this is what is called propaganda. It's leaked by the government against the president to the paper record, the Holocaust-denying New York slimes, and then picked up by MSLSD, which hires such luminaries as Chris Matthews and Al Sharpton. It's picked up by CNN, which hires such luminaries as, well, there aren't any. But you know the point. You know, if you ask any AMAC member what they like most about belonging to the conservative alternative to the AARP, one answer that always comes up is how much they love reading AMAC's quarterly magazine, the AMAC Advantage. Now, it's a first-class publication covering a variety of hard-hitting stories from notable authors, and AMAC members love it. Well, my friends, AMAC membership just keeps getting better. AMAC is pleased to announce that instead of publishing just four issues each year, they're now sending AMAC Advantage to all million-and-a-half AMAC members six times a year. That's six issues of AMAC Celebrated Magazine delivered to your home every year, and it's all part of of an AMAC membership. You know what else is part of an AMAC membership? Tremendous discounts. You know what else? Tremendous benefits. Insurance, rental cars, hotels, you name it. AMAC is terrific. You know what else AMAC does? They're on Capitol Hill fighting for your conservative principles because unlike the AARP, which is a leftist outfit, AMAC is a patriotic outfit. And if you haven't joined AMAC yet, you're really missing out. So join AMAC today. Go to amac.us. Get your copy of the latest edition of the AMAC Advantage magazine, along with all the other discounts and benefits that come with an AMAC membership by joining right now. Here's the website, amac.us. That's A-M-A-C dot U-S. AMAC, better for you, better for America. Oh, the president's in deep, deep trouble now, you know. Hush money, they call it. It's not hush money. It's a non-disclosure agreement. Let us ask the people at CNN, how many non-disclosure agreements have been signed? Let us ask the people at MSLSD, how many non-disclosure agreements have been signed? Do you know, poor Megyn Kelly, who's under attack by Andrew Lack and the clowns at NBC. And you know what? She did a pretty damn good job over there. And I'm being quite honest about it. Well, they wanted to sign a non-disclosure agreement. Hush money. Hush money. Now, these non-disclosure agreements are signed all the time by people who are pushed out of businesses or companies or want to leave businesses or companies or want to leave Capitol Hill or they enter into negotiations on litigation and on and on and on. Non-disclosure agreements are signed by media outlets, by reporters, by commentators, by publishers, by broadcast companies. Do they call it hush money? No. But when it comes to Trump, it's hush money. No, it's a non-disclosure agreement. And apparently it didn't work. Two women were paid a lot of money and he didn't shut the hell up. So how's that hush money to be given? It's a crime. How so? Well, he wanted them to be quiet so it wouldn't hurt his election chances. Well, that's not a crime. Hey, Southern District of New York, you're really not that good. Your prosecutors, 
you're really not that smart. You may have gotten Michael Cohen to cop to these two because you had him on tax fraud and loan fraud and all kinds of fraud. But the president of the United States is a thousand times smarter than Michael Cohen. Certainly more than Lanny Davis. Lanny, Lanny, who calls their kid Lanny? You got a thousand names to pick for. I have an idea, honey. What? Let's call him Lanny. Would you call your kid Lanny, Mr. Producer? No. No, would not call my kid Lanny. It's like a boy named Sue. All right. Let's take another call, shall we? Let's see here. Lanny claims to like me. Sorry, Lanny, I could care less, really, honestly. Sean, Columbia, North Carolina, Sirius Satellite, go. I thought Columbia was in South Carolina. It, it is, Mark, on my way back to Charlotte. Thank you. Oh, okay. Yes. Mark, I, I want to thank you twofold. First, broadly for what you do. You are a true patriot. Thank you so much. Thank you. But more specifically for tonight, um, going into the whole breaking of the glass, um, unbelievable. You know, initially I was falling for the ruse that it was breaking the glass for the fire alarm. And it is unbelievable what how evil these people are. And we're listening to you on and, the radio. And by the way, if they were talking about a fire alarm, wouldn't they say it's time to pull the fire alarm? Yes. Oh, of course. Break okay. the glass and pull it. But they didn't say that. This is our broken glass moment. Our broken glass moment on the anniversary of Chris Lanock. They can't run that by me. I hit that fastball right out of the park. It's, it's amazing. It is unbelievable. And these are the same people that throw a fit about the whole Halloween costumes and blackface. Yet they well, are. Well, look, I, I get the blackface stuff because that was very, very derogatory. So I have to say I agree with that. But anyway, go ahead. And I will tell you, at first I laughed at it. And then when you hear people talk about it and you go, you know what? I get it. But mm-hmm. this is disgusting. This is disgusting what they're doing. Don't you it's think it's evil. bigoted? Don't, don't you I, think when you, when you are taking an event like this and you're downplaying it in order to score cheap political talking points, I find that to be the essence of bigotry, quite frankly. You have people who are horrifically murdered, horrific genocide, and you got news people and commentators and politicians and writing, you know, this is our broken glass. Oh, yeah, yeah, that appointment of Whitaker. Are they out of their minds? This is such a tiny, insignificant event that 40 years from now, nobody's going to even remember it. Whitaker. Big deal. It's anyway. evil. It's pure evil what they're doing. All right, Sean. Thanks for your call, sir. Let's go to Shane in New York. New York, the great WABC. Shane's gone. Zach, Sarasota, Florida, on the Mark Levin app. How are you? I'm doing all right, Denali, and it's an honor to speak with you tonight. Thank I you. just have a question for you in reference to Broward County and Palm Beach County. I know it caused a lot of tension. Uh-oh. From Mrs. Snipes. The past I, I didn't days. hear you. What about Mrs. Snipes? Based on her actions over the past three days, can those election results be non-counted? I don't think so, but uh, here's what I don't understand. If you have a deadline 
to tally the vote and turn it into the state. Well, well, does the deadline mean anything if you can keep counting? It seems to me that's the deadline. Anything after that, you're out. Even the IRS has deadlines. After that, you're paying a penalty, right? Exactly. And that's why, because they've been tampering with them for the past We know why. We know why they do this. The reason why the Democrats don't want any standards for voting, the reasons why they don't want any rules, the reasons why they don't want to clean up the voting lists, is because they cheat. They're cheaters all the time. They're cheaters. That's why they wanted early voting called motor voter. And a lot of conservatives like 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 me said, no, because it's very, very difficult to keep track of that or provisional ballots. What the hell is that? You can't tell somebody if somebody should be voting or not, then get out of the line. You don't get to vote. If you can't show that you're a United States citizen, you're a resident of that specific town and locality, then get out of line. I don't understand. Well, I I do understand. Yes, sir. And I just wanted to say thank you very much. Uh, You have pushed my wife and I to homeschool our children um, and teach them about the values and principles of what this country was founded on. And you're a true patriot, and it's a true honor to speak with you. Well, thank you, my friend. How old are you? I'm 25, and my wife is 24. You have any kids? Yes, sir. We have two boys. Don't hang up. I'm going to send you a copy of my father's book, Our Police. Please don't hang up. We'll get your address. I appreciate it. We'll be right back. Mark Lovin. President of the United States better understands the Constitution than... Most of the media, most of the Democrats, most of the law professors. Remember, they're professors. Outside the White House today, cut one, go. Now he says, Matt Whitaker has not gone through the Senate process. So in other words, here we have a, uh, an intrepid reporter asking a question. That any Democrat would say. He makes an assertion and puts a question mark. Matt Whitaker has not gone through the Senate. No, he's a temporary appointee. Under the Vacancies Act. Mr. Reporter. President starts to say, yeah, neither has Mueller. Go ahead. Mueller, excuse me. You talk about the Senate process. Mueller is. Now, Now notice the reporter doesn't even want an answer. Just keeps talking over the president. This is why we the people find you people to be obnoxious. Unprofessional. Leftists. Never Trumpers. Go ahead. He hasn't gone through the Senate process. So you're saying Whitaker hasn't, but Whitaker has. Wait a minute. Because he was a really distinguished U.S. attorney in Iowa. And he was approved by everybody. Because to be U.S. attorney, that's top of the line. He was a highly respected. In fact, I'll tell you, the ambassador to China, as you know, Terry Branstad, who used to be the governor of Iowa, he told me that what a great choice that is, that he is one of the most respected people in all of Iowa. And that was coming from Terry Branstad, who was the governor. All right, so now, 
just to show you how dumb the media are, just to show you how dumb the Democrats are. I hope you Supreme Court justices, and you know who you are, are listening to this program now. Because hopefully one day this will wind up with you. Justice Roberts, Justice Kavanaugh, Justice Gorsuch, Justice Thomas, Justice Alito. Why would reporters be so concerned with protecting an inferior employee of the federal government? Why would Democrats be so concerned with protecting an inferior employee of a Democrat? Have you ever heard them demand the protection of any other inferior employee of the federal bureaucracy? Of an assistant United States attorney? Never. Why is that? Because the special counsel is not an inferior employee. And I also say this for the idiot husband of Kellyanne Conway. What's his name again? What kind of husband is this? What is this goofball? What kind of husband is this? He embarrasses his wife all the time. Pal, if you don't love your wife, then deal with it legally. Why do you try to humiliate her? And humiliate your children. What kind of a man are you? What kind of a husband are you? Oh, George Conway. That's right. George Conway. Another Trump hater. He doesn't know his what from a what. What's with you, George? Don't you love your wife? You got to make a public spectacle of yourself? I mean, it's, you ever seen anything like this? This George Conway? The media love George Conway. Because they use him to attack his wife. George, what a guy, what a husband. Absolute slob. Anyway, where was I? So if Mueller, justices, Mueller, let me, let me make my case to the justices. Your honors, if Mr. Mueller was merely an inferior employee, under the, under the decision in Morrison versus Olson, why all the demands to protect him? Why the insistence that if the president fires him, there's a constitutional crisis? Is there any other inferior employee on the face of the federal bureaucracy? If the president fires that inferior employee, it creates a constitutional crisis? Is there any other inferior employee in the federal bureaucracy that Congress keeps threatening to protect against the president of the United States? Is there any other inferior employee in the federal bureaucracy where Congress says they will impeach the president, the House, should he dare, dare to fire him? The media and the Democrats, one and the same, are making the case that Mr. Mueller's not some inferior employee. He's not even some United States attorney. He's a big, strong man with a big, strong office that can investigate the president of the United States. And nobody, and we mean nobody, is allowed to interfere with him. He cannot be fired, according to members of Congress and according to the media, unlike every other inferior employee and even, even principal employee of the federal government. If Mr. Mueller is not a principal employee of the federal government, a principal official of the federal government, then I've never seen one. And the president understands this. 
Lawrence Tribe doesn't understand it. Most of the Harvard faculty doesn't understand it. Clearly, the low IQ types at MSLSD and the Constipated News Network, they don't care. They don't understand. But I do. Under the Appointments Clause, given the decision in 1988, right, Senior Judicial Analyst, my good friend, Napolitano? There really is a big difference. There really is. Now, in the case of Mr. Whitaker, he's not required to recuse himself. This is supposed to be an investigation into Russia and Trump world. Mueller never had anything to do with Russia or Trump world or the Trump campaign. Well, he was on CNN and he wrote an op-ed. So what? Eric Holder's been a left-wing Democrat hack his entire life. That didn't stop him from being a judge, from being deputy attorney general, or the attorney general of the United States. That's not the test. And Mr. Whitaker, compared to Mr. Holder, is pure as the driven snow, for all you snowflakes out there. And Mr. Rosenstein, well, Mr. Rosenstein is all kind of gummed up. Mr. Rosenstein is a fact witness. Should be a subject of the investigation. But the Democrats love him. Do you know why? Because he appointed a special counsel. You know why else? Because he's weak. You know why else? Because he's a coward. But Mr. Mueller, you better not touch him. We'll impeach you. It'll be a constitutional crisis. A slow walking, uh, uh, what? A Saturday night massacre. It's the broken glass moment. I'll be right back. Broadcasting from the underground command post, deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker, somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin. Hello, everybody. Mark Levin here. Our number, 877-381-3811, 877-381-3811. Before we get into this nonsense about hush money... I want you to think about how truly uh, troubling immigration now is to this country. And I mean what I say. Massive illegal immigration, massive legal immigration. Massive violation of immigration laws by people who overstay their visas. Massive efforts by Democrats to ensure that people who shouldn't vote, vote where they vote more often than not. They fight every effort to make sure the voting rolls are accurate. They fight every effort to ensure that people provide a substantive or substantial identification. And by substantial, I mean a lot by volume. Substantial, you know, like real identification in order to demonstrate they should be voting and affecting the nature of this government. And every time you dare confront these crucial issues you're said to want to suppress the vote and you're also called a racist and I'll tell you why take a look at the results at this midterm election do you know we lost a slew of races in Texas 
Do you know even Governor Abbott only got 55 or so percent of the vote? And $80 million wasn't spent against him. And Ted Cruz won by about two and a half, three percent. We're told over and over again how Republican Texas is, how all the people in California are moving in, but other people are moving in too. California, just a few decades ago, was a reliably red state when it came to presidential elections. Reagan won it both times. George H.W. Bush won Texas in 1988. Reagan couldn't win today. Certainly Bush couldn't. Colorado used to be a reliably red state. Now it's a blue state. Virginia used to be a reliably red state. Now it's a blue state. Nevada had become a reliably red state. Now it's a blue state. And Florida is becoming a blue state. You can see how close these elections were. It's because of immigration, legal and illegal, ladies and gentlemen. We have two individuals who are elected to Congress who are radical leftists. They, they happen to be Muslims, and they were elected in parts of the country where there's a heavy number of immigrants. In one case, Somalians. And these two individuals, we keep hearing they're the first Muslims from these areas and first woman Muslim. They're also bigots. There was a wonderful story in PJ Media that pointed out how many times one of these candidates made anti-Semitic remarks. And look, this isn't my focus tonight. I'm just pointing it out. But it wasn't pointed out on CNN or MSNBC or any of the rest of it. Party first, even for the media. It wasn't pointed out at all. But we're probably within 10 years, maybe 20 years, but maybe, I think, 10 years of not being able to win the Electoral College. When we win the presidency, every time we have to thread the needle, we have to thread the needle. We have one, maybe two at most ways of winning the presidency. They have 10 ways of winning the presidency. It wasn't that way in the 1980s. It wasn't that way in the early 1990s. It's that way now because we've had a half century of unfettered, effectively unfettered immigration, legal and illegal. And these constant waves of amnesty granted by Republican and Democratic presidents have created these circumstances. Not only that, that has been a big push of the Democrat Party, ensuring that we have um, not the opposite of integrity when it comes to our voting rolls, plus felons voting is one of the ways the Democrats intend to create a fairly permanent majority. Look what just happened in Florida. They voted that felons should be able to vote. Well, there happened to be over a million ex-felons in Florida. Now, why are the Democrats pushing for that? Because they obviously think most of the felons are going to vote for Democrats, as opposed to a law and order Republican. So their roles get bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger by hook or by crook. 
the enforcement of the rules get harder and harder and harder. They plant their, their activist judges everywhere, and then they say every vote should count, and everyone should be able to vote. What, are you against democracy? As they're destroying democracy from within. Those of you who call yourselves populists, you better get over it. You better get over it. This is a republic. The framers feared populism, that is, pure democracy, as much as they feared autocracy. They called it mob rule. I've been using this word mobocracy, certainly didn't invent it, for decades. I think it's even in some of my books. You see the growing mob. You see the mobocracy of the left. You're in support of republicanism, not populism. Your unalienable rights are unalienable rights, regardless of what your neighbor thinks, regardless of what a majority of Americans think. Those are your God-given rights. Well, then how can you be a populist? Look at your constitution. Is that a constitution of populism? They didn't have direct election of senators. Senators were supposed to represent state governments. That was destroyed by progressive populists, Republicans, as a matter of fact. That's like this word nationalism. The media immediately says, oh, nationalism, isn't that a dog whistle? I hate that phrase now, but it's a dog whistle to the, uh, to the uh, white supremacists. No, it's a dog whistle to the progressives, if you understand your history. Because the progressives constantly called themselves nationalists. Now, why did they call themselves nationalists? Because they wanted to destroy federalism. So they supported nationalism. They wanted to turn the Constitution on its head. They called it nationalism. They wanted to have federal laws, all kinds of federal laws controlling all kinds of federal stuff. They called it nationalism. Theodore Roosevelt gave a famous speech called the New Nationalism that was promoted in progressive magazines like the New Republic and the New York Slimes. These words have meaning, and it's important to understand them. This is where I disagree with the president when he says, I'm a nationalist. He's not a nationalist. But people tell him it's nationalism versus globalism. No, it's not. It's Americanism, republicanism, individualism versus globalism. And what does globalism mean? Well, globalism doesn't mean you're anti-international capitalism. It's never meant that. Globalism is the notion that we are all citizens of the world, and therefore the Constitution and American sovereignty really are to be despised. We're all people of the earth, you see. And so the whole notion of a constitution and representative republicanism and separation of powers and all the rest are very quaint, but, every, but very arcane, according to these globalists. Globalism is the opposite 
of national sovereignty. Now, what's national sovereignty? National sovereignty is nothing more than a nation having not only recognizable borders, but enforceable borders and borders that are intended to be protected. The globalists at the UN and other international governing organizations seek to undermine our national sovereignty and our constitutional republicanism. And people throw terms around that they do not comprehend. I'm a national populist. No, you're not. No, you're not. This whole idea of national populism plays right into the hands of the Marxists and the Hegelians. Who would agree with you? We're a people's republic, they would say. And the only way to truly realize your individuality is part of the community. The individual going in his own direction, refusing to conform, well, that person's selfish. That person is the enemy of the state. That purpose is making paradise impossible. You get my point? You believe, I believe, in Americanism, republicanism, individualism. Not communism, socialism, nationalism, or populism. I'll be right back. Mark Lovin. All right, CRTV, baby. There's your real conservative digital TV. And I'm not kidding. Called Conservative Review TV, CRTV. We don't make any bones about it. We're not named after animals or anything, Mr. Producer. Do you ever notice the state of the lib media and wonder how it got to where it is today? You know, we used to have journalists who we're actually proud of, who searched for the truth, brought you the stories that mattered. But now we don't, at least not most of them. Most people recognize when President Trump does something well, and he does it well often. And, of course, they'll point out when they disagree with him. That's okay, too. So why is it that every story on these liberal outlets is negative? On Levin TV, we're not here to carry water for anyone. But we are here to be honest. Good or bad, We're bringing you a principal perspective on every story, on every subject. Not only that, we discuss philosophy and history, economics. This is why we've gotten amazing feedback from our subscribers who say that CRTV is unlike anything they ever got with liberal outlets on cable. We have 20, maybe now 21 magnificent hosts the vast majority of whom are not on cable or network or satellite TV. If you want to watch them, you got to watch them on CRTV. Steve Crowder, unbelievable. Phil Robertson, unbelievable. Eric Bowling, good man. Andrew Wilkow, same. We've got many, many others. Once you start naming them, people are like, why didn't you name the others? They're all great. But we need your help. If CRT is going to continue to grow at the pace we've seen over the last year, We want you to participate, too. This is the real, the true, conservative place to go. 
CRTV. We don't make any bones about it. You know, different hosts, different content, different personalities, but still all of the same genre. We don't make any apologies for it. So try us out free for 30 days. Give us a try free for 30 days. No risk at all. Just go to levintv.com, L-E-V-I-N-T-V dot com, or give us a call at 844-L-E-V-I-N-T-V. That's 844-LEVIN-TV. Now, there are others trying to copy what we've done. Notice I said copy what we've done. Go with the original. We've blazed the trail. Go with the original. 844-LEVIN-TV. That's 844-L-E-V-I-N-T-V. We don't even have a cable channel to promote it, quite frankly. So check us out. I know you'll love it. All right. Now I want to get to this issue where they're breathing heavily in the media. The spittle is flying all over the camera lens. They're so excited they're handing out depends. Hey, and you and listen to the phraseology they use. The president paid hush money to keep two women quiet before the election. And it turns out he was involved in in the details of the payment of hush money. And in at least one case, the money was laundered through the National Enquirer Company. This has caught the attention of the U.S. Attorney's Office in the Southern District of New York. Breaking news. They don't like these cable shows. Some guy's clipping his toenails. Breaking news. Breaking news. Everything. Breaking news. Breaking news. Breaking news. Uh, it's not breaking news. Certainly not in this case. We've talked about this already. Michael Cohen is a fool. He pled to two felonies involving the violation of election laws that are not felonies. You're allowed to enter into non-disclosure agreements involving private matters that occurred even before you're president of the United States. You're allowed to do that. Well, he did it to hush them so it wouldn't hurt his election. He's allowed to do that. There's nothing illegal about that. Nothing whatsoever. Well, he worked with the National Enquirer, and they, they, they uh, you know, killed the story, and they, uh, they offered to make a payment for, uh, for, the, for the woman's silence. So what? That's not illegal. That's not laundering money. Laundering money, ladies and gentlemen, is when you get ill-begotten money and launder it through a process to try and cover up the initial crime. There's no crime here. There's no money laundering here. But the geniuses in the Southern District of New York, they're best prosecutors in the world. They've got this all figured out. And they've leaked it all to their favorite media, including the Holocaust-denying New York Times, where I believe Maggie Haberman works. All the reporters want to work there. Brian Stelter used to work there. Who's he? Exactly. They all want to work for a newspaper that helped cover up the Holocaust because they didn't want to upset Franklin Delano Roosevelt. Oh, those were the days, weren't they? Those were the days of the great media. Just like today. 
These are not crimes. The president is free to pay for NDAs, non-disclosure agreements. Whether he was involved in the details or not is of no consequence whatsoever, period. Next subject of a constitutional crisis. I'll be right back. of freedom is high but this phone call is not call mark levin toll free at 877-381-3811 so i understand in broward county they continue to find votes for the democrats and i understand they found eleven thousand votes for al gore mr producer listen to this the irs hired a small army of private collectors now, if your heart just skipped a beat, chances are you owe the IRS. Because hearing the most powerful collection agency just got more powerful, well, that's scary. If you owe the IRS, do what listeners Penny and Kenneth did and call Optima Tax Relief. They owed a lot of money, and they were living in fear of losing their savings, their retire, you know, their business, everything. Optima stopped the aggressive collection actions and stopped the small army of tax collectors from targeting them. Optima knows that behind every tax problem are honest, hardworking Americans with families, home savings, and paychecks that need protection. They're experts in the Fresh Start Initiative, a special IRS program that could save you thousands, even tens of thousands if you qualify. Now, that's just one way Optima has resolved over half a billion dollars in tax debt for their clients. Call Optima Tax Relief. Don't keep stressing. 800-499-6300. 800-499-6300. That's 800-499-6300. Well, Mr. Producer, you choose the caller who you think I should speak to. Yes. WPHT. My home city of Philadelphia, where I grew up in Cheltenham. I loved WPHT. As a matter of fact, I remember when it was WCAU. And I have a story to tell you about that one day, folks. Uh, let's see. We're going to Kathy. Yes. How are W-T-R-W. you? WTRW. Wait a minute. You're WDRW? WTRW. WT. Oh, that you're Scranton then. Yep, Scranton. WTRW. All right, they told me WPHT. All right, go ahead. Okay. The only constitutional crisis that we're having is in Florida. Yes. That's a constitutional crisis where they can dig up ballots like this, throw them away, do whatever they want with them, and all the Democrats win. Well, I have one other constitutional crisis I've noticed. You ever see Jake Tapper's face, the anguish? I think he's having a constitutional crisis, if you get my drift. (laughs) Maybe a little X-Lax to help that. Now, Now, let me ask you, Kathy, may I send you a copy of my father's book, Our Police? I would love it. All right, don't hang up, my friend. We have David in Australia. Australia on the Mark Levin app. How are you, sir? I'm good, Mark. How are you? Very well, thank you. Look, it's great to talk to you. I listen to you a lot. But can I make two two comments, if I may? Yes, you may. In Australia, there's two yes. major political parties, the Liberal and the Labor parties. All the politicians, they go on all the networks. 
No, there's none of this like there is here. Now, here, probably 90% of Democrats only go on the Liberal cable networks, so I'm not telling you anything. But there's no proper scrutiny. There's no nothing at all from the interviewers. So here... It is totally unfair to Americans as the media does not serve the people, the news networks, because it's, it's all softball stuff. So I can't agree more with what you said before about the media in this country on CRTV. It is, it's, it is it's almost totally dishonest to the people of this country. It, it, and, and, let me tell you, and let me tell you something, David. Survey after survey, analysis after analysis, and not just by our brothers and sisters of the Media Research Center, but by others, Gallup, Pew, uh, Harvard, and these are hardly uh, conservative institutions. They all point the same thing out. So why do they pretend otherwise? Here's my idea for reforming so-called journalism. Let me ask you what you think, David. On those chirons they have at the bottom, you know, breaking news, breaking news, alert. When there isn't any, they ought to say, CNN. A Democrat Party outlet. That's what we used to do with the old newspapers and pamphleteers during colonial times. At least let them be honest. You know, Jim Acosta should go to a presidential press conference with like a scarlet letter on his forehead. D for dummy and Democrat. Go right ahead, sir. Okay. Look, absolutely. Can't agree more. May I ask you a question while I have you? Sure. Does Australia have talk radio the way we have talk radio? Yes. But it's, it's, to use a Fox term, it is fair and balanced. There's none of this sort of here. It's, it's all fair and balanced. Um, probably, the government's, probably the government station, the ABC, is slightly leaning to the left. But, Mark, we don't even talk about corrupt media in Australia. It's just, it's just incredible. Can I ask you another question? Yes, my friend. What do you think about the White House banning all CNN reporters, until that clown, Acosta, apologizes to that young lady. Well, here's what I think. I don't think that matters. I think that clown Acosta has beclowned himself. And I think watching Wolf Blitzer and Jake Tapper and Anderson Cooper and the rest of them circle their, uh, uh, their wagons around this guy taints them for all time. Yeah. This is the new yellow journalism. This is the new yellow journalism. You don't get to go into a presidential press conference and disrupt it like you're some kind of a hoodlum. That's not a good reporter, a tough recorder. That's somebody who is sabotaging a presidential press conference. We elected this president. He's the head of one of our branches of government. He's an enormously powerful man doing many things. A question that is intended to elicit information so we the people can know what's going on is one thing. A guy that gets into a debate with the president because he doesn't think it should be called a, a uh, you know, an invasion. He likes caravan. Who cares? The hell is that? Well, in Australia, we had a great situation. We're obviously surrounded by water. And, and uh, Scott Morrison, the current prime minister, about five years ago, decided to turn all the boats around. So we are so tough on immigration, it's unbelievable. And so and, we should and, be. And, and a lot of sensible countries are now. New Zealand is, you are, Israel is. There's a lot of countries that are sensible about this. But we have a political party within our, our country. So from within, they want to change the electorate. They want to change. You know, the Democrats say, hey, when you say that, you're a racist. And yet, 
They're proud of it. They even say, look, we're changing society. And in 2044, the entire complexion of the nation will change. And then if you point it out, it's, hey, you must be a racist. I don't even care about that. I just want to secure our borders. People should come here in an orderly fashion. We get to decide who comes here. They don't get to decide. That's the way immigration is supposed to work. And both parties used to believe that 10, 15, 20 years ago. But the Democrats have figured out the way you win a California now is to turn it blue, turn Colorado blue, turn Virginia blue, turn Nevada blue, start turning Florida blue, and then finally Texas, and then you own the whole enchilada. And they're doing it through immigration. That's how they're, you know, these white suburban women, look what they're doing. Look what, it's not white suburban women. It's immigration. Thank you for your call, my friend. What am I doing, Mr. Producer? May I take another call? All right. Folks, just so you know, behind the scenes here, I'm working without a printer. I'm working without a functioning laptop. So I'm doing everything based on my own notes, my own thinking, of course, and on my iPhone. Isn't that amazing? Yes, it is. Derek in Virginia, the great WMAL. Go. Mark, what an honor. Uh, I'm calling from thank Northern you, Virginia, one of the few conservatives up here. Just want to thank you for say thank you for everything you do. The reason I'm calling real quick, I'd like to be quick because I know there's some other stuff to talk about politically here. Calling about our police. I'm in law enforcement. I've been in for six years. What I did when it came out is I got on Amazon. I know it's a discounted price there because of what the company does. And I bought about 10 copies of the book. Wow. I passed it around the locker room, conservative, liberals, whoever it was. Not one person said that their children did not like the book. It is a beautiful book. We need more of it. We need more of that type of stuff in mainstream media about police. And, sir, thank you so very much about the word that you spread about law enforcement and what you do for us and what you do for conservatives. Thank you, Mark. Wow, what a great honor. Thank you, sir. And I, I know my dad's listening. Thank you. And we have example after example now, don't we, of our wonderful men and women in law enforcement. Example after example. The pipe bomb case, the synagogue case, this recent case in California. I mean, I want you to think about this. In Pittsburgh, those cops went right through that door. They knew that guy was shooting at him. Four got injured, one quite seriously. And in California, those cops went right through that front door. A deputy sheriff, a sergeant, and a state trooper, and one was murdered. And you know, it's easy to support the police under circumstances like this. The liberal media, they'll celebrate police under circumstances like this. But they'll turn around on a dime when it's politically expedient, when they can use the race card yet again to trash the cops. And that's the difference. I do not see systemic racism in law enforcement. I do not see systemic injustice in our criminal justice system, which is why I'm not for so-called criminal justice reform. I'm not against prison reform. That is, what goes on in some of our prisons is unspeakable, and I think it needs to be addressed, and I think we need to strengthen the guards there and do other things. Fine. But letting people out of prison who've been convicted, who've pled to crimes, that's not reform, ladies and gentlemen. That's a prison break. And cops put their lives on the line every day to put those people in prison. And 
And then we talk about, oh, criminal justice reform. Now, the left has always pushed this. The ACLU has pushed this. Certain organizations have pushed this. Now some conservatives and libertarians think, yes, let's push this too. Let's show we're against big government. Excuse me. That has nothing to do with being against big government. Getting crooks off the street, getting criminals off the street. It's not about big government. That's exactly what government's for. Law and order, a civil society with an emphasis on civil. So we, we embrace law enforcement. There's an individual here and there who shouldn't be embraced. We don't embrace them. That's in every profession. But there's no systemic racism among uh, law enforcement, and I'm, I'm sick and tired of the way they're trashed uh, outside of these, these kinds of events, quite frankly. All right, Mr. Producer, as you know, I am limited in what I can do here. I Oh, there we are. Here we go. Going to the mechanic is like going to the doctor. They tell you what's wrong, and you take their word for it. That's what makes those surprise repair bills hit so hard. When a simple oil change turns into refinancing your mortgage to pay for problems you never knew existed. Now, that's why I've extended vehicle protection on our 2010 cam, uh, cam, what is it? Camaro. My mouth broke. Why did we have a 2010 Camaro? And by the way, it's a beautiful car. So if your car breaks down after the manufacturer's warranty expires, you could be out of pocket thousands to get it fixed. CarShield makes the process of fixing your car for a covered repair super easy. You can have your favorite mechanic or dealership do the work. It's your choice. They also provide you 24-7 roadside assistance and a rental car while yours is being fixed for free. Now, if your car is 5,000 to 150,000 miles, that doesn't mean you have to pay high repair bills. CarShield administrators have paid out close to $2 billion in claims, and they're ready to help you. Save yourself thousands of future car repairs. Get covered by the ultimate in extended vehicle protection like I did. Call 800-CAR-6100 and mention code LEVIN. 800-CAR-6100, code LEVIN. Or go to their website, carshield.com, carshield.com, and use code LEVIN. Either way, you save 10%. That's carshield.com, code LEVIN, or call 800-CAR-6100, mention code LEVIN, get your 10% discount. A deductible may apply. We'll be right back. Mark Lovin. I hope you enjoyed our show. I thought it was a powerful, very important three hours. And I hope you'll watch Life, Liberty, and Levin on Fox this Sunday at 10 p.m. Eastern and 7 p.m. Pacific. It's a very important show with Jim Jordan and and a newly elected wonderful freshman, uh, Chip Roy. And we're going to go over what's going on in the House and what we can do about it. I do this show for you, ladies and gentlemen. I had to think hard about doing another uh, project. So I agreed to do this. So this is this is for us. So I hope you'll join us on Life, Liberty, and Levin, 10 p.m. Eastern on Fox. And one other thing, make this the weekend that you get our police for your kids, maybe for Christmas, maybe for Hanukkah or birthday, or just to have it and read it to them. I know you'll treasure it, and I know they will too. Our police, you can go to Amazon.com. It's there on a great discount. Here we are, America...
forces, police officers, firefighters, emergency personnel, ICE, Border Patrol, and all the law enforcement. Good night, Spritey. Good night, Griffey. Good night, Pepsi. Good night, Smokey. Good night, Zelda. Don't forget Life, Liberty, and Levin, Sunday, 10 p.m. Eastern. And a special good night to my father and my late father-in-law. God bless you all. <laughs>